You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. What's it like? Always knowing the truth. There's nothing mystical about it. I could just tell. And anyone is lying. I know what you did, you psycho. You're gonna find Charlie Kidd, and you're gonna bring it to me. You live on the road, right? What's it like leaving everything behind? Start fresh. I got wolves on my fender. Oh, I gotta keep moving. Holy, holy. It wasn't an accident. I, I think there's been a murder. Look out! I have been kind of a death magnet. I'm trying to figure out what happened. You watch too much Dateline. I could tell she was lying. What is it? It's a woman's intuition? No, it's not like a tampon commercial, okay? It's a real thing. You're coming with me. Front seat of the trunk. Your choice. Where you're a human lie detector? Yeah, I know it's uh, it's crazy. You ever gamble? Cause you can make a killing. <laughs> nah. Hey there, Station One listeners! Thank you for joining us this one. We have a great one for you this week. We have been waiting to talk about this one ever since they announced, you know, that Natasha Leone and Ryan Johnson was coming together to do a project together. And we are getting, folks, Poker Face. This is awesome to be able to talk about it. Uh, a fantastic show that just ended its first season, and we are now have already been told we're getting a second one. So I can't wait. They ended it greatly, and... Folks, if you haven't seen it yet, we are going to spoil the hell out of this one. So put us on pause on YouTube or on your if you're listening on audio, please put us on pause. Watch it. It's only nine episodes. It's totally worth it. Check it out. You know what? It's definitely worth it, folks. Let's go, let's dive in with both feet. We got a great crew here to talk all about it this week. Of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. And we have the returning award-winning author himself, Mr. Bobby Nash. Hey. And we're joined by two newcomers to the show. First, let's welcome Brad. Hey. And Phaedra, last but never least. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. It is it is awesome to have everybody here. This is cool. You know, we put out a call for, you know, saying, hey, we want to, you know, talk about Poker Face. And everybody was, like, jumping at it. And so... I actually had to turn a few folks away, which is pretty awesome. I always love doing that because it makes us almost feel important on the show. So, you know, you guys, you guys feel honored you made the cut. And you know what? If, <laughs> if I'm lying about that, you know, you probably could tell, you know. <laughs> so it's awesome. It's going to be a great one. If you want to hear from you guys at home, please feedback at earthstation1.com. Definitely let us know what you guys thought of the series. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It is just awesome. Mr. Mike. You ready to take it away, sir? I am, yes. Uh, this was uh, an amazing show that sort of, I don't know, uh, for me anyway, came out of nowhere. Um, and uh, But I was pleasantly surprised to be on board from the very first episode. Start with you, Fader. What, uh, what, what did you know going in? What were your expectations going into this series? Well, uh, I heard, you know, Natasha Leone and Ryan Johnson were doing a thing, and I love both of them. Like, I've loved Natasha Leone since Slums of Beverly Hills. And, um, actually, but I'm a cheerleader, but I didn't realize that until later. Um, and yeah, and I love Glass Onion yeah. and Knives Out and Last Jedi, like everything Ryan Johnson has done so far has been amazing. 
and I love, um, you know, mystery, murder mysteries. Like, I spent the summer just binge reading all of the Agatha Christie novels, and, like, so Mm. I was just like, okay, murder mystery with a great director and a great actress, like, it really can't go wrong, I hope. Hope you know, like so, yeah. And I, I wasn't disappointed at all. I was, I was so excited. And then when I got invited to do this, I binge watched the whole season again over the weekend, so I could like wow. take notes and stuff. And yeah, no, really, it's something I'm going to be rewatching a lot. Excellent, excellent. Yes, no protected there at all. Thank you, thank you for that, uh, Brad. What about you? What, uh, what, uh, what were your expectations going into this? So I, I came I came into it just coming out of watching the Russian doll. And so I actually posted it to my workplace. I said, hey, you guys got to check out this Russian doll. It's really interesting. And then somebody replied and said, well, if you like that, you should check out Poker Face. And very similarly, I had been coming out of uh, reading and watching a lot of mystery novels. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's kind of interesting. And then I said, well, we'll give it a shot. And then I played it and I'm like, I was just, like wowed like it was just from from the start it was very surprising to me how much they did it differently I was so thrilled that it wasn't uh one of those what do you call it uh reboots of something like it had a fresh style to it so Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that yeah very well yeah Bobby what about you well I had before I had started I had obviously I knew I knew that Natasha Leon was starring in it and I knew that Ryan Johnson was uh, writing and directing and what and and I do enjoy their work, but I was late getting into watching it. It was three or four episodes were out before I started, just because of schedule. And in talking to a few people, I also learned beforehand that it has that very Columbo esque feel to it, which I love. I love that format. And uh, actually, probably the best way I heard it described was if the Hulk, if David Banner from the 70s Hulk show was solving crimes without turning into a monster, <laughs> that's kind of the setup, you know? <laughs> which I kind of thought, well, that's, that's interesting. And, and so I, yeah, so I went in knowing, knowing that it was a mystery, knowing that it was her on the run, you know, traveling from place to place, solving mysteries and the Columbo thing. That's what I knew. Um, I was, not expecting, you know, some of the other things we got, like the guest cast, which is phenomenal, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. And, uh, and just, uh, yeah, just a lot of the, the, the way sh- that Charlie does things was so unique, a different kind of crime fighter than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mike, what about you? Well, for me, I had heard originally about this probably. And in an interview with Ryan Johnson, um, I think it was actually on Mark Marin. Uh, he was talking about that he had hooked up with his friend Natasha and that they were planning on doing a murder mystery. And because he was doing promos for Glass Onion and I had known Natasha Leone from what American Pie. I had known her from Orange is the New Black. And then Russian Doll was just amazing. And everything, and I could not rave about that series enough, especially the first season was just completely awesome. And just hearing that they were teaming up on a project that was supposed to be a throwback to the old 70s detective shows that he had grown that Ryan had grown up with. And I was like looking forward to it. And then when I saw the new trailer for it, the very first one. I was hooked and, you know, a human lie detector. And, you know, at first I thought she was going to be working with the police or something like a Columbo or, you know, but then it it was more, she ended up being more like Jim Rockford than even Columbo. So, which was even better, I thought. And I was like, how is she going to get through this? How is she going to get out of this thing? And each episode was just amazing. And it you could watch you didn't have to watch a previous episode except for the you know i recommend the first one to get, mm-hmm. tell you how the story starts but otherwise no yeah i thought that i thought that yeah cuz a lot of shows would have taken this premise and in episode 2 yes yeah, she would have been partnered with a cop mhm exactly 
And so not, exactly. they, they kind of, you know, spun our expectations against us. I like that. I just uh, mm-hmm. recently read, like, and I literally mean recently um, before the start, I read an article. They had to fight for that. They had to fight for standalone episodes, like, mm-hmm. for, in the creation for it. Like, they, you know, the people, they wanted it serious. They wanted bingeable, you know, long arcs or whatever. They're like, no, we want it to be episode by episode, you know. So, and they got it. But, like, it was something that, yeah, they had to fight for. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, too, because you really don't need to even watch them in order if you didn't want to. You can mm-hmm. they're except for the first and the last ones mm-hmm. of the season. So, right. Right. Yeah, yeah because, it, yeah. yeah, the last one, yeah, does show you the the order they went in. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. And just the highlights, because, you know, as we find out, I mean, she's the whole first season takes place with mm-hmm. uh, in over a year. So mm-hmm. time frame. So think of all the adventures we missed. Well, as as you pointed out to me the other day, she did spend quite a number of months on. She did. <laughs> yeah, yes, she did. Yeah. She did. She did. She, that mean, was before I, it was. I, mean, I, I knew it was supposed uh, to take place in Colorado. I live in Colorado. That could have been two months, honestly. <laughs> it really does go like. I mean, it's sixty five degrees today, but there's still in the shade s- snow on the ground because the snow the sun hasn't melted it yet. So I mean, that could have been two months, but it probably was four. But it, yeah, it's like the weather here is wild. So. I think in some ways I went in as colder than the rest of you because all I knew going in was that Ryan Johnson had a show that was uh, a murder mystery show and knew Natasha from other things, but I hadn't really, I don't think she made that much of an impression on me because I didn't really like instantly remember her. Um, But now uh, I I definitely do. Um, She's definitely made an impression on me now and not just in front of, uh, in front of the camera, um, you know, she had a lot of input uh, behind the scenes at this season too. I mean, this she oh, yeah. she takes complete ownership of this show, which yeah. is which is re- great well, to see. I always love it. How when, could you uh, not remember right? the hair that and is, the voice? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, she and, she and the attitude. Yeah, true. She directed I, I, an episode, I believe. She right? did exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Charlie Kale is is right there with Benoit Blanc. You know, maybe someday they'll meet. Great. That would be really awesome, right? Like, because you know, we have a, a a Ryan Johnson verse, so to speak. You know, that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, like you guys uh, have already said. I mean, I'm big into mysteries. I especially do remember the the NBC mystery movie of the week uh, that Columbo was just one of. Um, but certainly Columbo was the standout. Uh, I am doing a, com- like this year, I've been doing a complete rewatch of all the Columbo episodes as well. So, I mean, Columbo is really on my mind and yeah, Poker Face has a lot in common with Columbo in, in, in all the good ways. And, uh, it's really the fact that it is standalone. I mean, certainly there's certainly, what do they call them? Mythology episodes, right? Or whatever that, they, that are, are sort of like the, the ongoing mythology of the show, but really they are standalone, which is nice to see as well. But we will see that like those episodes do kind of build. I mean, when you see them in order and you see like, certain characters come back or certain growth in, mm-hmm. in what she's going through. I mean, they do kind of make sense mm-hmm. from that perspective mm-hmm. as well. It, it, um, it almost has that feel of the old, uh, the fugitive because the Gerard was not in every episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Except exactly. Those were the ones where Gerard gets close. Those are kind of the, the yeah. ongoing one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't have to, you didn't have Bridgerton Bratt's character coming in every episode chasing after her you know oh gotta leave town you know and And i think that was smart because i think we would have got tired of that and it's sure it's also interesting too because charlie became smarter too about you know gaming the system and everything oh if she used her atm card they would have be notified within 45 minutes four hours or was it i think it was that or four four hours hours. four hours they'll be there in four hours yeah Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So and she, so, so she knew. Exactly, but she, and that was pretty awesome. But I have to talk. You know, the format of the show, how they did the murder mystery. You know, the setting up of the murder at the beginning of the show, and then at after the first commercial break, for it, they then came came back in time and ha- added Charlie into it, and how mm-hmm. she fitted into it. I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah. I enjoyed yeah. that, that awesome. a lot because it's just like I like. Like, how did you catch them? You know, it's, it's just like the, it's, you know, the, the surprise isn't, isn't that the person died. It's, you know, how's this person going to slip up and, you know, have her catch, you know, yeah. have her catch them. 
Yeah, the uh the obviously the uh the fact that it's the NBC movie, uh it's the format, the the credits and everything like that. And the comparisons with Columbo there because you've got this sort of like, you know, um everyman kind of person solving crimes who's rather unkempt, you know, and smokes a lot. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, a lot of uh uh but the main thing I think that brings it close to Columbo is with most, there's like two kinds of mystery shows. One where you're trying to guess who did it, who done it, like an Agatha Christie, as you were pointing out. And the other one where you know who did it, you're just trying to, like, you're, the fun is watching how they're going to get caught mm-hmm. and how the protagonist is going to catch yeah. them. Who catches um, them and, and who catches them, apparently, is the Exactly. The right. Yeah. Right. And this <laughs> is more of a, a who catch them. There is a few times when it turns into a, a who done it as well, but. Uh, for the most part, it's a, it's a, you know, um, it's like Columbo in that way. And, and, and I do think the format really works because they do one step that Columbo doesn't do, which is, uh, you know, the fact that she's there throughout the whole first part setup. We just don't see her. Um, and that's, that's definitely a Ryan Johnson yeah. aspect, I think. I think that's Ryan Johnson bringing that to the table. I mean, he kind of did something similar in, uh, the last Knives Out movie, uh, Glass Onion, mm-hmm. where we see things from a different perspective and suddenly we like, oh, okay, now it means a lot. It means something quite different to us, you know? And that's exactly what's going on every time you watch Poker Face. You see, some things from a certain point of view. And then, you know, as Mike said, the commercial break, even though I didn't have commercials. But you still had the break. Yeah, it's still I, the break well, where the commercials uh, were. Yeah. I have commercials. But, yeah. But, yeah. 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 So, let's go back to you. Like, what is a, a, either an episode or a moment in the show that really made this show series sort of rise up above the for norm me? for you? Um, Oh no, I was yeah. thinking about that. I'm like, I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, was there was there some part where you watch the show you're like, man, this is better than like almost anything else on TV? One of the, like for the 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 stall episode and the whole MAGA racist dog thing and just like barking dog. <laughs> like I'm a dog walker, so I, you know, this like sitting and just having the dog just bark, <laughs> bark, 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 bark. And I'm just like, this is the worst car companion ever. And it was just like it was, I don't know, like, I, I laughed at that, like, when I rewatched it this weekend, I laughed aloud again, just because it's like, you know, the dog was just so happy, you know, listening to, you know, as we find out later, you know, the black radio host is just putting on voices, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I'm in my happy place now, <laughs> listening to hatred, and it's just like, yeah, um, I can see, like, that's one of my ones, I mean, like, I don't know, and I, I like, I guess overall, I just like how she except for the last episode because that's more about her but like how she has a friend in each episode and you Mm -hmm. know it really feels like she's like still trying to save her friend natalie and you know and Mm -hmm. that's like she's she's just trying to you know make up for it or atone for it or whatever and like it just you know and it just she's compelled to help and like how her sister you know um Miss Clea Duvall, who's also amazing. Um, it's just like, you know, you want to, you know, you, you've got a good heart, but it's just, you, you give it to other, you give it to the wrong people, you know? And um, I don't know. I just, I guess that's what I'll say. It's just, it's hard to pick like one moment because I'm still in the basket. Sure. Like, I love this whole show, you know? So it's just like, <laughs> you know, after five or six awesome, watches, though. I'll be like, okay, I'll watch this episode right now. But mm. yeah. What I loved about it, though, is that, sorry, I was just adding on to what Phaedra is saying. Each time you see it, though, you Mm -hmm, see something mm -hmm. different. It Mm -hmm. it adds on to it. And that's one of the great things. That's Ryan Johnson at Mm -hmm. his best and everything. Because he wants you to look in the background. He wants you to look at the side characters, and which is pretty amazing. Especially that episode, like, with Nick Nolte Mm -hmm. in it. And, you know, in the studio that he had and everything it's like it all comes into play which is pretty amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh brad what about you was there a, a particular episode scene yeah. sequence character that really like put the show over the top for you so for me hands down it was the drummer and the episode like he so so they're driving and he's watching benson in the back <laughs> and i'm like benson what why is he watching Benson? Like, I don't, at some points I'm like, what year does this show even take place mm-hmm. in? Yeah. And then, call. and then, and then at the very end, 
they're they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get rich off of this song that we killed him for, and the copyright guy comes in and he stole the Benson song as the background <laughs> beat, and I'm just like, that is awesome. <laughs> And you realize it when you hear it. It's like, oh, my God. And watching that episode again, like, you hear it as soon as it plays. I was like, oh, man, that really is Benson. And, like, in every episode, he just has a little foreshadow of things that are going to be really important. But yet they're so innocuous that you're just like, whatever. And then, yeah, it's that was great. And and his whole whole lyrics came from different kids rappers and stuff and just putting it all together i'm like whoa like that's cool well and that's the beauty of good mystery writing because when you you know writing mysteries the clues clues are hard because when you're writing them you know what they are so they feel very obvious to you when you're creating them what they do beautifully here is they put some in there that are so obvious that we see them and go that's a clue but then there's others like those that get by us and then at mm-hmm. the end of it but they're playing fair enough that when it's revealed we kind of have that aha moment and we go mm-hmm. oh yeah i remember that that was important and that's that's really one of the what makes the writing on this so good is that they are able to play fair have all the clues i hate watching any kind of mystery and the one clue that points to the villain is one we the audience didn't get to see so I love that they're playing fair and all of that is there. They're putting everything in the episode for us. He respects the the audience, the intelligence of the audience. Mm-hmm. Like yes. It's not, here you go. Here's the clue. Let's have the camera sit yeah. on it for 40 seconds. And, you know, and it's just like, mm-hmm. no, they the graze right, right over, over. But you see it. Like when you rewatch it, you see it. And it's just like, it's really nice. To, it's not, it's not dumbed down, but it's also not looking down. It's not, mm-hmm. I don't think elitist or anything like that either. It's just like, no, it's here just you know and i i appreciate that yeah yeah because some of them have been really simple clues like the the time the guy spends showing her what wood smells mm-hmm. like oh you exactly know, in the moment that does not seem all that important yes. but at the end that's very right. important and this is like a, this is guy he and just so, knows yes. his craft so he knows the wood mm-hmm. and uh, exactly. he's really passionate about it and then yeah exactly but you, but even in that episode, you know, when he, the brother wanted to quit the business all of a sudden, and you're like, why is he's, you know, this master, mm-hmm. you know, cooker, and he's like, why does he want to, he gets out of it. Then when you go back and add Charlie to the, and, you know, you know, you show that he's giving her, him movies, and, you know, and she's, and that's like, oh, this one's really cute. This one called Okja, you know, I and it's it like, yet, <laughs> Exactly. And it's, <laughs> oh, and I remember watching that with William, and he says, "Dad, do we have to eat meat anymore?" After, <laughs> yeah, yeah. after seeing that, and it was it's it's funny as heck, and all the little things too, or the the episode that was the second to the last one, the escape from the mountain, and you know you have some great characterizations in that, and. It is awesome. And I love how, you know, Charlie was, you know, teaming up supposedly with the uh the Mortimer. other grifter, you know, and it's a family and name. Mortimer. Yeah. And and I love because the actress in that, because she was just in um everywhere everywhere, everything all at once. Yeah, she's the only one that lost the Oscar. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, she was the only one. <laughs> But she got to be on poker face, so it all worked out. Exactly. That's right. So exactly. Exactly. And, and it was awesome. You also had Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You had, and, you know, and you had David, who was from Umbrella Academy. And it was just, mm-hmm. it just, everybody they're getting on this show. Phenomenal just, guest cast. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, and it's awesome because there's even the little things with that. And I loved, you know, how she, you know, even cut off his um his you know little signal thing mm-hmm. to for him to how that's how and how that's how he got caught and everything and she did it out of instinct type thing yeah well that's was... another smart thing too i mean they're not it's not they're not falling into the trap of she's getting people arrested every episode Mm-mm. Not like at all. some of these people like like the race car driver technically gets away with mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Yeah. but she has screwed with his head so much that mm-hmm. he's going to be he's going to be his own downfall. Exactly. So I, and, and and the Cherry Jones in the Nick Nolte episode, you know, her 
you know, you know, they mess. It gets in her head so much that she goes wait, wait, over wait. the edge, and so <laughs> yeah, quite literally, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's really smart that they found a way to do that because you know because she's not a cop, and technically she's wanted by the police. So yeah, it's kind of hard for her to like you know turn people into that. Although the one FBI agent keeps getting promotions off of her, which I love. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> we, uh, for me, um, you know, as much as I like the first episode, which sets up the premise, sets up the, and then the second episode sort of like, and reinforces that, that premise of what we're going to get. And both of those are given to us by uh, Ryan Johnson. I was kind of worried, you know, when episode three and four and happened and it's like, no, Ryan's not directly involved with these episodes. And I'm like, Oh, are we going to see a drop? But if anything, I think not only was it consistent, but in some cases it kind of even rose up higher. Like for me, the, the key episode that I was like, okay, this is, this is on another level. That's just operating um, at, at the highest level and this is going to be like one of them i'll be surprised if this is not my favorite tv series at the end of the year and we're only in march it's episode five time of the monkey the getting to know those uh those two ladies at the retirement home irene and joyce getting to know them and so and great. charlie watching charlie get to know them and we think we get we know them as well and we're taking them at kind of not so much face value but just at 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 what Charlie sees in them, and then to find out that through the course of events, they are like two of the most evil <laughs> women that we've ever run across. It's done so well, and it's there's no cheating involved, except for maybe a mm -hmm. flashback that's not really honest, like a flashback. But still, that's the only thing where it just it feels so natural and earned that you mm. don't like. You don't like go, oh, well, you're just cheating, Ryan, and you guys are just cheating and using these things to to, to make us feel these this way. Instead, it, it's it's earned. It's well done. I can't think of another show that has, you know, that's really done that to me in a long time. They, it was they, interesting, too, because in that episode, you said there was the flashback and you saw the flashback that Charlie wanted to see where they were putting the flowers in the pots mm -hmm. and everything. And then. You saw what was really happening. Because that was the story yeah. they were exactly. telling, you know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> they, left out. they left out the little part yeah, about the... putting, you know, you know, metal pieces yeah, inside yeah. the pressure, pressure cooker. cooker. <laughs> <laughs> but it just goes to show you, like, even though Charlie has this superpower, like, she is a mutant, right? Like, she has this superpower. Um, uh, she can be fooled. She can still mm -hmm. be fooled, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I think she, I think Charlie wants to believe the best of people. Yes. And I think that's part of her, that's what her sister, you know, like when she said, yeah, you know, she's got a big heart and everything. So like, you know, she has these women and they're like, you know, and they're just these old ladies that get high and just are, you know, damn the man and all this, everything. And, you know, and she's like, oh man, like, this is cool. Like, you know, and she bonds with them. So of course she doesn't want to think that they were going to be blowing up children, you know, and they're like, of course we were going to blow up children. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... Who, who, whose automatic first thought is, oh yeah, they're going to blow up children. Right. That, they're the yeah. kind of people that want to blow up children. Yeah. And it's also yeah. good too, because yeah. some yeah. of the times, the reasons that she catches on to the fact that they're the bad guys, you know, like I said, they say something that makes her go, or the race car driver mm -hmm. says something about, oh, mm -hmm. it was just an accident. And she goes, right. oh, <laughs> but, yeah. exactly. But I love too that they play, you know, as we talked about, they're subverting our expectations. They're casting people that you don't normally cast as villains. Like those two actresses in the in the monkey time, those are people that generally play good guys. You know, oh, Joseph yeah. Gordon Levitt is usually a good guy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Ron Perlman. Has he ever played uh Jason uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt has he ever has he ever played like Dick oh, like yeah. that, like <laughs> yeah, but it's, had, but it's, yeah, but it's yeah, not often, right? Yeah, yeah. but no, like, but, you, but like, but then like you, you get, but you get Ron Perlman, who you expect to be the bad guy, mm -hmm. right? And he and wasn't, then, and that turns out yeah. totally. And I'm, I'm going to steal this one from Mike Gordon because he said this to me the other day that it's really, it's all, it's uh, uh, the battling Perlmans, which I did not realize until he said it. They just took Ron one Perlman and replaced him with another. Yeah. <laughs> Rhea Perl, she's gonna, you know, yeah. she's always going to be running from Perlman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, well, it is five families, right? Yeah. So I guess it's five families of Perlman's. I don't know. We'll, we'll see yeah. how that plays out. And, but. you know, she's got the bad batch on speed dial. So Charlie might, <laughs> might be in trouble. Uh, yeah. Well, that is the five families right there. Yep. You know. <laughs> but, but that was one of those things. It's like, I felt so, it was one of those aha moments. Like I, I never put that together until Mike said it. Mm. And I was like, holy crap, they do have the same last name. Yeah. I saw, I was seeing Rhea no Perlman's name in the, in the credits and I was like, oh, that voice sounded from that's why that voice yeah. sounded for I haven't heard it in ages, but like yeah. oh, like it it did sound familiar and yeah. Yeah, and I but yeah, I thought that was great. And it it sets up the next season, so we're now we're gonna get more mm-hmm. of her right. the out there on the yeah. run and it's and, it's gonna yeah. be interesting though with that because she will have allies too, because mm-hmm. she will have the Southwest family supporting her mm-hmm. because they're they're at war with the five families now yeah. because of what they did with the assassination. Uh, and, and I, the FBI I, guy, she, yeah, you know, I expect yeah. we'll see him again. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, of course. Sure. And each time he's going to be asking her like, to. Please. Are you sure you don't want to join the? FBI? <laughs> <laughs> I also would not be surprised if somewhere along the line, because Charlie's making allies through all mm-hmm. these episodes. I would not be surprised if somewhere down the line, someone she's helped could be a valuable asset later. You know, oh, like I could see Louis Guzman showing up again. Yeah, because I'm like a lot of people she ended up helping ended up dying. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, like, like, because so, I, I when I noticed that trend, I was like, I wrote down like all right, who she friended and who they were. Like, so the yeah. Marge, the truck driver, not large Marge. Um, you know, she she got out of jail, so she might run across her. Yeah, George got murdered. Gavin got murdered. Joyce and Irene, they were they if they bust out of prison, they might try to come after her. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh Phil Who's that? Um Oh, the stagehand from the from the exit stage yeah. murder yeah. and uh Yeah. And then yeah, uh well then the driver and then yeah, Raul. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the mechanic was still alive, and the the girl in the uh, convenience store. Oh was still yeah. Alive. Yep. Um, it was eight. Yeah. Honest eight. I you know I I I you know it'll be interesting to see. But to be honest with you, if it's just her, like mm-hmm. I, that's enough for me. Yeah. Like that's I don't want this to become like yeah she she yeah. Charlie. Like well, I, no, I, no. you know, no, but, no, but, no, no, no. I, I like the, no. I like the format where it's basically Charlie against the world. Um, I loved how Charlie and, though forgot the phone number of that, the da, 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 FBI agent that she was calling. <laughs> she was just going. I know it's off by one digit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if every maybe you can tell me because you've watched it more, but I got a feeling that like every person she called is somebody like I should know from like a deep cut of Ryan Johnson's, but I. I, I I haven't I didn't watch it and, and catch any of that in time, so I don't know if those are Easter eggs because I'm like they just seem like they were like the great a great spot to put Easter eggs in. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you one thing that I love. Okay, so once it's established what her power is, and yeah, it's always fun to you know somebody lies and she says you know we go from there. But what really, really, really I love. The thing that really like just I get so excited and makes me so f- fun to watch these scenes is when someone knows her power and has to lie to her. Like Benjamin Bratt is some mm-hmm. of the best acting. I I not that he's a he's a slouch when it comes to acting, but man, the scenes with him and her in particular where he has to dance around her questions mm-hmm. um yeah. and 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 A not have her catch him in a lie, but also not have her realize that he's dancing around. So, because Charlie trusts that, him and goes with him a lot longer than you would think he right. should, you know, because because he's he's so good at dancing around her power, which and, is so fun. And it yeah. also, like, it seems that her, him, and the old man, like, they have a history, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. it's been the yeah. three of them for a long time. Like, because yes. even his son, she when, you know... Uh, is Adrian Brody, right? That played his yeah. son. And yeah. like, yeah. and he was just, and it, when he's like, what did you do this? She's like, is your dad okay with this? Because she's still like, I work for your <laughs> yeah. dad. You know, like, yeah. I don't, well, yeah. yeah, you're, you know, so it's just like, she trusts him implicitly because he's been there for her. You know, like they've had this history. So she was like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. And he, you know, cause he'd never lied to her or anything like, you know, or that she knew of, you know? Yeah. And then, 
Yeah. Well, and it was well, always interesting because what Benjamin Brant was doing was he was doing an old improv trick. You, at, you know, basically when somebody asks yeah. you a question, <laughs> you respond with a question. Right. So that way you don't get caught in a lie, basically. Yeah. I, I also think, too, from what we get in that last episode, had Charlie not gone on the run and Benjamin Brant's character been sent after her, he probably wouldn't have killed the old man. That year, really, yeah, yeah. Like he was originally sent to bring her back to be killed, and right, then he, he's like, know, "This is not my job," mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah, he. It yeah, is we your got, job we now. See, yeah. <laughs> we got to see him go through a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, he, and he did get, enough to kill him. He did get to binge watch all of Burn Notice, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. How can I not love a show that that constantly references Burn Notice? Another one of my favorite shows. It's like, damn you! Like this is. So good. I think that's the one thing that places it um, among, like, you can tell it kind of is a little bit more in the present because otherwise, you know, with her car and uh, yeah, the fact that she s- smokes a lot and everything like that. And yeah. it's like, and they don't really, this doesn't really rely on cell phones. Uh, there were you know, smartphones, so. though. I mean, in, mm-hmm. in iPads. Yes. So mm-hmm. it was, oh, yeah. yeah, she didn't have one, but it was like, you right. know, there was tech there you know in the cloud that was another one like the cloud right. and like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the pictures being broadcast to your tv through the cloud so it's like there's and, a and facial bit of recognition facial, right right <laughs> so there are a couple of things but also like i do like that that tech was there it wasn't like you know like what horror, horror movies have to do they, they have to find a way to cut out everybody's phones mm-hmm. or you know you know remove it like it was there it just wasn't like very obviously removed or it also wasn't at the forefront either right right having having a character like charlie who is not Mm -hmm. overly tech savvy that'd be like my dad going on the run yeah (laughs) you know yeah none of that technology is going with it and that's that just brought up a thought to me because at the end you know uh beatrix has she's like you know yeah you know he did everything on tape but we're like we have tech so it'll be interesting to see, like, next season as they're chasing after her, you know, if they're able to catch her faster or if they're able or catch up to her faster, not catch her. But, you know, because, like, I've, I wonder how tech's going to play in. Because, so like, ba- so basically it's going to become person of interest. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the fact is, I mean, she she wants to be off the grid. So <laughs> I, I imagine that she's going to try to stay away from as much tech as she can um unless it's absolutely like you know not a choice but um and the times where she has gotten like her name's gotten out there have been not her choice at all so like the krampus mm-hmm. thing and yes exactly you know. well it also staying well, off the grid makes <laughs> being these, hit by a car right. <laughs> makes these find her finding employment is a a writing challenge as well because mm-hmm. you don't even work go to you don't get jobs at fast food restaurants without a background check these days. Mm-hmm. No. So that limits the kind of work she can do, and so so they're re- they've been really smart in playing all that. And then, like oh, she yeah. said, after being on the run a year, you know, even she says, you know, I'm kind of good at this, you know. So mm-hmm. well, and per- it was perfect though because that's how they end. The first season, because at the time when they filmed it, they didn't know if they were coming back. Right. It was a perfect ending. If they would have ended the series right there, it would have been she's out on the road, you know, mm-hmm. on the run from now on type thing. So there, there were a couple. There were a couple of things that threw me off. So in when they're recording, he's recording the audio on the MP3 player or whatever that device is, because I've never seen a device like that before. And I'm like, well, why didn't he just record that on his phone? And then when he plays it, he puts it into um, a machine at the studio. And because I'm a computer guy, that's running Windows XP. I'm like, (laughs) why is it running Windows XP in 2023? Like, what's that all about? So there's tech there. (laughs) But like you said, it's not, they're not making it obvious where all that fits in. It's not, it's not an important part of the story. It's just enough to keep that sort of plot line moving. So I don't think they'll do a lot in tech because they, they're mixing this old style from like, even with the credits, like this old style show like you were at the 80s with this, some modern stuff as they need to bring it in in order to tell the story. So I think the rule is if we need it to make the story move, we're going to use it. If not, we're going to just kind of keep it mainstream you know, not, not going yeah, to that. It reminded me what you're saying there reminded me of like the old, the Batman animated series. Like he's got computers, but they're all in black and white, you know, 
they yeah. they have they don't have cell phones but they've got you know this other t- you know so yeah it's like it's almost like they're cherry picking it so it can be really any time period yeah gotham did that as well yeah uh, they would yeah, mix like, up that, that technology a little yeah. bit. Like um, they had cell phones, but none of the cars were older than an eighties model. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and she's a throwback to seventies characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, she smokes. Drinks. That would not be allowed on network TV. She yeah. not only yeah. does she drink, yeah. she drinks and drives. <laughs> oh yes, she does. Uh, oh yeah, she, she picks up strange she, dogs. She, 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 she doesn't swear. like animals either. You know, that, that, no. kinda... she uh, <laughs> she swears a lot. I mean, this is not. I mean, she is not. This is a, a character that's that's made for streaming, right? This is not a character that you could see on network TV, let alone the format being not. I mean, there are series that are episodic. You know, obviously some of the biggest shows on TV are episodic. They're not mythology, like NCIS and Law and Order. Like you can watch, those are just completely episodic. And those are like usually the biggest shows on TV. Um, They don't talk, people don't talk about them. Like they talk about Game of Thrones or like they talk about, you know, uh, these other shows that are streaming, but, and they don't get all the awards, but they get usually huge ratings. And that's because like, you know, generations and generations and generations of folks watch these shows. Uh, Older generations watch these shows, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're not like the hip new shows. Right. Um, And you would kind of expect that this one, you know, would be in the more hip category, but it pulls a lot from, from established TV of the past and, and shows that it can still work. I think. Yeah, certainly that, yeah. It hits you right in the face with the typeface and that bright yep. yellow, that yellow orange, mm-hmm. you know, title and font. Yeah, definitely right out of the sixties and seventies. Oh, big time! Yeah, that was yeah, what was wonderful. And I do like, you know, that this is not made for network TV. This is, you know, this is made for streaming. You know, like you were saying with the cursing and the drinking stuff. But you know, even a lot of the sexual innuendos and, you know, even Charlie's ring in the final and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. You couldn't have done that on NBC. No. Yeah. no. And no. The, the little girl using it as a curler. For as a the, curler. The and she's like, yeah, it's for my hair too. Yeah. <laughs> I did like how the ring kids kept getting back on her. Because she like, yeah. down. She's like, what the, how does this happen? It was, boy, it was a talisman. She, it did but get she her did out. Knock, mm-hmm. You know, when she hit uh, Benjamin Bratt in the face, it's a, it's a it weapon. Out his eye. It's, it's a weapon. <laughs> yep. But it, it also, but it also was a big Aren't clue, they all clue device no. because the of the blue light in it, the mm-hmm. black light. Yeah. In it. So yeah, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which, yeah, I mean everything works on multiple levels on this show. Mm-hmm. I mean that's why it's so smart. I mean nothing is throwaway. It feels like mm-hmm. even yeah. something that you think is is not you know going to pay off in that particular episode will pay off in an episode after that. So I'm curious to watch it again, like like Fader was saying, to to see what I pick up the second time because now I know. It, some, I'm not surprised. There's some really yeah. cool stuff and um it's like just murder like murder like when you watch like I've watched Knives Out like a lot and Glass Onion I've only watched like three or four times. I, I rewatch things only. a only. lot. A lot a lot. Yeah. Like um <laughs> but like you know you see like just like little little things. Mm-hmm. It's just like one of the things like I I picked up just rewatching the first episode like there's they're watching that clip the when her and uh, natalie is at her house and they're watching pulp fiction and he's talking about oh like kane from kung fu just wandering around and like that's what she yeah. does the whole show and it's yep. just like that little thing just drop and like and, and a lot of stuff just like columbo it's like it's um diegetic it is diegetic like it's not like you know the music and everything like that it's stuff that's in the background it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's not added over but like you know it's like oh i'm watching this tv show and it's this or like like the benson yeah. in in that other you know the other episode yeah. Yeah. and and even and... the burn notice because all of the burn notice clips were him pressing a button to blow something up uh-huh. which then he does later i didn't to, to i never watched lights. burn notice yeah, yeah. So. Right. but <laughs> like, all the clips he was watching very yeah, he cool was, you know yeah so it did and, okay that's but but i also I love didn't... too with, with ryan johnson this is the second character he's created with that kind of superpower because in knives out uh, anna darmis's character when she lies she, she throws up so it's there's mm-hmm. a lot so yeah there's some oh, similarities yeah, there the with those. yeah with <laughs> lies and the truth and being able to sense those things and I am so okay with them being in the same universe. Yeah. Yes. And that yep. would be a oh, one heck of a so. team up, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
Uh, that would be. Okay, so we know, as Mike said, that this has been, uh, it's, we're going to get a second season of this. Uh, real quick, uh, Vader, we'll start with you. Is there something that you want to see in the second in the season of this? Something that, that uh, either they haven't hit on yet or that you just think would be fun? Um, I just, I want to see, because one thing I also noticed that they do explore different mystery tropes. Like, mm-hmm. like the way I like the theater one, because it was like, oh, it's, it's this type of, they're like, they're trying to kill each other. Like, oh no, they were actually conspiring together to kill the wife. And it's like that, like, you know, double, triple cross, like that type of thing. So That's I want to see, Agatha Christie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I want to see more mystery tropes being played out and, you know, in different um, like scenarios and stuff or like, but just like that are familiar. Um, uh, I don't know what else. It's just like, you know, I would like, like, cool, like, see who else other guest stars show sure. up. And, um, but yeah, I just like, I don't know, like, it, I just more of the same, but just like different stories, which I think Ryan Johnson is completely capable of. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and the people that he brings on to direct and, you know, everything, like, he brings quality people. And I just like, just good storytelling. Like, there's been, um, like this and uh cabinet of curiosities and andor um it's reminding me what good television is supposed to be mm, because sure. our bar has been lowered for the last decade or so i feel and then like <laughs> you're watching this stuff and you're like oh right this is what this is like what like i remember like i had this feeling when i watched dx files or i had this feeling with this and i haven't had this feeling for a long time so i'm just looking for a resurgence in good storytelling and like you know ryan johnson has proved his medal so like he'll be that he keeps creative control and he doesn't become like a super ego person and stops caring about the story and, and cares more about himself. Cause that also can happen with people. Um, so yeah, just better story, like continued better storytelling and, you know, more parts of the back parts of the United States that people don't really think, cause she's got to stay off the grid. So she's not going to be in major cities. It's going to be, right. you know, that type of thing. I, I see Alaska in your future. Uh, <laughs> Brad, what about you? What uh, uh, final thoughts and what do you what do you want to see coming up? I want to see Rhea Perlman because I heard her <laughs> voice. Now I need to see what she looks like. That's that's a big thing. And I, I I'd like you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like you guys. I only seen the season one. I only watched it once. And maybe you, I missed it. Maybe I missed it. But do we know what it was that Natalie found? That caused the whole thing to happen. Did they explain no. what it no, found? No, but it had to be bad if he got taken down by the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, like, what? What? What did she find? That that I, I just like to know. Like, it kind of left it. I'm like, this whole series it, happened because she goes into a room, she mm-hmm. finds something. What yeah. was it? <laughs> from what it from what it sounded like, I think it was probably like child trafficking or something like that yeah it was something or, really something disturbing like, it yeah, was because they had been I, i'm not pro- sure i wanted it see was that. they were talking about it in the first yeah, episode well, yeah I su- about that story and stuff yeah i suspected that that's why we saw the pulp fiction clip because you know pulp fiction we never find out what's in the briefcase mm-hmm. i right. kind of made that kind of connection that it's like this. We don't. Right. They're not going to tell us. They're, they're letting Marcellus our imagination, yeah, right. fill in how bad it is. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with not finding it out, no. but it is cool to speculate what it is. But I like, you're like, what is that thing? Yeah. You know, Bobby. Uh, final yeah. thoughts and what you want to see next? I, I definitely love what the, I love the fact that each episode almost feels like a play because it's very small casts, small locations. I don't want that to change. But I think it uh, might pandemic's over, right? Dude. I think, <laughs> I think it might be interesting for at least one episode to see Charlie in a bigger place with a lot more people around or something. You know, just just for a change of pace for an episode, just to see you know how how she would react, you know, with her superpower dropping her in the middle of New York City. Oh, you know that. Well, apparently, just dropping I mean, just her in a barbershop. Bar- yeah. right. bar- <laughs> she yeah. almost went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love you know. that, like how she kept like very so animated. Funny. Just oh, yeah. Ah. The, yeah. Because well, the fact that like you know, you know, putting her in those locations and 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 I and I think like Fader said, playing with more of the tropes. There are so many mystery tropes that we've seen done over and over and over again. I'm curious to see them through the lens of this show. And doing it the way they do it, so I'm I'm looking forward to more of that. Mike, 
what everybody else said. I just want to see them continuing the high quality. I don't want to see them slough off because there's so much story still to be told. There's still, you know, interesting stuff. Maybe we'll get to see, you know, certain characters come back. I'd like to see what happens more with Charlie and her sister a little bit more. And I'd like to see, you know, I don't want to see every single one of the guest stars come back, you know, the side ones, like people were saying, but I want, I want to see new folks. I want to see new stories. And, you know, you know, the only one I really could see coming back is the FBI guy, mostly. Mm -hmm. So I suspect at some point, not all the time, we'll see Benjamin Brad again, I suspect at some point. Oh, and he'll have an eye patch. Yeah. He'll, he'll be really yeah. 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 And he'll and still, yeah. he'll, he'll still look dead sexy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> also, uh, okay, I think also, yeah, <laughs> I think also that, uh, you know, look, if someone's got a superpower, someone's got a superpower weakness. So I, I would expect if next season we're going to see someone who either it doesn't work, she can't tell, uh, or... Um, you know, or is something that she, uh, else that affects her superpower that, that, that makes it mute or something like I can see where that trope will be. Cause it's, you can't just depend on that for the entire episode, right? There's going to have to be some circumstance where either it doesn't work or somebody can combat it. So she meets someone who can combat it, which I think would be kind of really interesting as well. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so I foresee all of that in the future, but whatever it is, it's going to be really, really fun to watch as it's been fun to talk to you guys about it. It's been great. Um, too short, of course, but you know, that just gives us more time to go and watch it again. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Subscribe to Peacock folks. It's well worth seeing. Absolutely. Well, we're going to be right back and we're going to close out the show after some messages. Hey everybody, Michelle here with an Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. It is hard to believe, but Chris Cornell uh, left us six years ago now, and ever since there has been a lawsuit between his widow, Vicki Cornell, and the rest of the members of Soundgarden, in essence, over unpaid royalties and the ownership of some recordings Chris Cornell made before he passed. Uh, It looks like that lawsuit may finally be uh, wrapping up. A magistrate judge has recommended finding in favor of the band, saying in essence that Vicki Cornell has not proven any of her points with this lawsuit. The district judge uh, will be ruling this week, and he also lets slip that he's a big Soundgarden fan who believes they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, yeah, let's see uh, how this ruling goes. Um, Also, if you are looking for more live music uh, this summer going into fall, the Bourbon and Beyond Festival in Louisville, Kentucky, where else, uh, will be September 14th through 17th, has an amazing lineup. Brandy Carlisle, The Killers, Duran Duran, and Wayne Newton on the same night. You can realize a lifelong dream to see Duran Duran and Wayne Newton on the same night. Blondie, Aloe Black, Black Keys, Bruno Mars, Luke Grimes, just goes on and on. Really good lineup. Uh, you can check out package prices at bourbonandbeyond.com. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment. We'll catch you next time. You know what's amazing? Walking into your favorite bar or coffee shop and running into an author you absolutely love. Or bumping into an author you've never heard of before, but find your new favorite book. That's what we do on Drinking With Authors. You get to hear all the stories of what made the author's stories great and how they got there on their journey. So grab a drink and join us on Drinking With Authors. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about season one of The Last of Us. The Last of Us just finished its first season, and oh, buddy, what a heartbreaking and beautiful show that was. And it stayed very true to the first game. What changes they did make? really worked well for the live-action adaptation of a video game. So, I mean, I don't see why anyone should be mad about that, because they created a beautiful show. The casting for this show was spot-on and perfect, and they did an amazing job of also using the voice actors from the game in other roles of the show. Except Marlene. Her voice actor also played her live-action character and did a phenomenal job. Pedro Pascal as Joel was incredible, and Bella Ramsey made an amazing Ellie. I really do not have anything bad to say about this show, other than the first season was only eight episodes. I'm glad it's been renewed, and it seems the creators have said that they're going to change more in the second season from the second game. 
if you know, you know. And they're going to try and stretch it out into two seasons. So here is hoping that, you know, that is the case and we get a more fleshed out story. Since they really tried to tell a full encompassed story with season one being the entire first game. Since I'm sure they weren't sure if they were going to get renewed with the state of the film industry and how uncertain it currently is with shows and being renewed nowadays. Overall, this series is wonderful. It has its scary moments. It has very, very intense moments, and you will cry. I was in tears from the first episode, and they didn't stop in other episodes, especially episode three. The fact that we got to see Frank and Bill and have their story, which we only hear about in the game, just made me so happy, and it was amazingly done. If you like horror and video games and amazing acting, then I highly suggest watching The Last of Us if you haven't. And for those that did watch it, how hyped are you for season two? Who knows when we'll get it, but I'm still really excited that we are getting it. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. Thank you guys for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We finished another one. Let us thank our guests for being here tonight. Phaedra, you made it through your first episode with us. Thank you. It was awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I had a really good time. This was a lot of fun. I love talking nerd stuff with other nerds. Wow. So, yeah. You've come We're, to the you, right place. Exactly. You <laughs> awesome. are awesome. one of us now, which is awesome. Yay. So, anytime <laughs> you want to join us again, you are more than welcome. So, anything right. you know we said that to bobby nash 10 you guys years i heard that he said I that i said that so, to bobby nash 10 <laughs> years ago and you know he hasn't gone away yet <laughs> and, so. and now he doesn't no. go away yeah I, I i like to stick around that's so awesome you'll, you'll just be like oh so great Jeez, how can again. people find you how can you um you can find me um i'm a voice actor i guess that's the one thing i want to promote i'm on twitter at eight uh at i can do twitter i mm -hmm. swear at phaedra eason vo um and uh i've got a series coming out called starfell i'm one of the characters and it's going to be uh i think it's gonna be a youtube animated series and if you click on the banner i think it's, it's a pinned post on my um on my twitter and it's definitely the banner picture it's my character in there i think it's going to be coming out uh, in the next few months i think we've hit some delays because because creatives and delays and money because and life. things cause because always, life. <laughs> you know because capitalism sucks <laughs> and uh yeah but yeah come find me on twitter at phaedra eason vo awesome and brad thank you so much sir thank you man thank you for having me it was a lot of fun i awesome. enjoyed chatting anything you want to promote or shout out about I am a podcast newbie. For the first time, I started my own podcast. Uh, we did our first episode in uh, the beginning of March. Our next one is coming out April 4th. It's going to be all about time travel. I started with my buddy Matt, and it's called The Geek Dream Team. You can just Google it. Uh, we spell geek G33K because we're just that cool. Um, so oh, that's going to make it nice <laughs> and easy for people to find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Geek Dream Team G33K. Uh, yeah, and our April 4th one is about time travel, so we, we had a lot of fun putting that together, all kinds of stuff about time travel. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, welcome aboard to the podcast family. I that am is sorry very for cool. you and your loved ones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, because... They're, they're already feeling good. <laughs> it, is a, it is a hard habit, to, it's a hard road, a hard mm. habit to break. I like the logo you have right behind you, right above your head, though. It's pretty <laughs> spiffy. That's right. Yeah, had to had to put a plug in there for you guys. That is awesome. It'll it's any podcast he appears on, he'll just rip down the old one and put up the next one. <laughs> That's right. Like, oh shoot, Earth Station One called. It's always been me here. What are you again. talking about? Ah, oh, damn! I, I have, to... <laughs> have awesome. another one. Exactly, Bobby. Thank you, my friend, for being here tonight, sir. Oh, so good to be back. This was uh, this was fun. I had a good time. I'm you know, this was a fun one to talk about. So.
Anything you want to shout out about? Real yeah, quick? as always, at BobbyNash.com is my website. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this week, uh, or last week, uh, the first two issues of my horror Western series came out. Uh, you can see them behind me here on little posters, uh, Dante's Tent and Dante's Showdown. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a snow full cast audio uh, called Snow Ride uh, was released last week as well. As part of the On Another Wavelength uh, series. It's a prequel to Snowfall. So you get to see what happens to my character Snow before the opening of his first book. So, Oh, nice. So it was a lot of fun. And it's really cool. Yeah, Fader, I'm sure will understand as being the voice actor. It's really cool to hear other people interpret your characters. You know, because you... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do have fun with that. I do. I do audiobooks, but mostly, so it's it's fun, like creating the voice for the character that I feel when I read it, and then like yeah, because it's yay. like because you know. because it never <laughs> sounds like I in my head it sounded, mm-hmm. but it's always really cool and interesting to see, you know, once the actor gets a hold of it, you know, that's really cool. So yeah, good stuff. That is awesome, sir. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, I do. I want to give a shout out to uh, a book I read um, this month. Uh, it's called Someday is Today by Matthew Dix. It is a uh, relatively new uh, uh, release. Um, it is all about, um, I don't want to call it a self-help book because it's so much more than that, but a lot of creative people like myself have a hard time finding, quote unquote, finding time. Um, and it's easy to make excuses for why stuff doesn't get done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Matthew Dix has uh, some effective ways to get on track. Um, he should know. I mean, he is an accomplished novelist, columnist, screenwriter, playwright, storyteller, comedian, speechwriter, father, entrepreneur, business owner, et cetera, et cetera. The guy puts more and so forth. Uh, into a uh, in an hour than some people do in a week. Um, uh, I've already applied three of his suggested practices, and I've already seen some results. So. Uh, there are some ideas that are not for everybody. So, but I think as a whole, it's a great book. And I have to give a, a second shout out to Kevin Eldridge for recommending this book. In fact, this was one of his picks when we did our holiday geek gift guide. Um, and I can say that uh, it, it's a great read. And I'm going to seek out more stuff from Matthew Dix as well. It's a it's a it's an entertaining read as well, even if you don't want to use any of the steps. Um, he's a great storyteller, so I recommend it. Awesome. Awesome. Me real quick. Um, been going to see live music again and we went to a couple really great shows. And as of this time, the show goes live. Um, we're going to be even seeing more music folks go see live music. If you ever go get a chance, some amazing stuff out there. And that's how a lot of bands now are making money is by going by doing the concerts and everything. And so, you know, check it out. Um, there's a lot of things touring from the really huge bands like Springsteen, The Cure's coming, Depeche Mode, all these, you know, huge, huge names back Live from the 80s. Is back. Live music is back in full yeah. thing. It's come full circle. Apparently. Exactly. But there's a lot of local <laughs> bands, a lot of smaller bands. And go to even go to the small venues. Check it out. Please, 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 please. All right, folks, that is going to wrap it up. I want to thank you guys all for being here as always. And as always, we like to say thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. Always remember, you couldn't do this without you guys at home. If you want to support the podcast, please check out our Tee Public store where we have stuff on sale all the different times. And we're going to be having a new Darren Noel Memorial T-shirt coming soon. So definitely check that out. It's Wonder Warrior Lives. So definitely check that out. And every penny that goes from that T-shirt is going to be going to the charity that Darren supported most. So I lost think and found. Lost and found is pretty lost amazing. and found Atlanta. Exactly. So we're definitely going to because it's all it's actually called Lost and Found Youth, and it goes to help the LGBT community, and it's pretty awesome. And definitely check that out. Please, please, please. Um, so the t-shirt should be live probably by the time this episode goes out there. So check it out on our T public store. But we also have, of course, our Patreon. Why not join the ESO network Patreon for as little as a dollar a month? You can help support us here at Earth Station One. Just go to patreon.com slash ESO network. 
We want to hear from you. Please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. Earth Station One's there next to those really good podcasts, too. We're also found on video format up on YouTube. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Like and subscribe, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. I'm not too proud. I like to beg. Sorry. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Faber, Mr. Bobby Nash, Mr. Mike Gordon, Brad, and Phaedra, thank you everyone for being here. Let's go get poker faced and get the heck out of here. Peace, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.